Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Collectors of Power podcast. We are so excited for today's episode. We have some amazing people from Cryptoys to talk to us today about their amazing NFT, their Masters of the Universe um, release that is coming out here within the next week. We uh, have uh, you know them on the show. We're so excited to speak with them. But first, let's introduce the team. Hi, I'm Ryan, uh, also known as the Tie Box. Bob, hello. <laughs> Super enthusiastic there. Yeah. We got Bob there, and then we've got Rhino or Battle Armor Rhino. Hello, Ryan. Hello, everyone. Great to have you guys here this evening. And from the Cryptoys team, we have Fonz and JT. Guys, would you like to give a little bit of introduction about your guys' selves and what you do at uh, Cryptoys? Sure. Uh, evening, everyone. I'm Fonz, uh, Chief Experience Officer of the company, which basically makes me the head of design and product. Mm. Happy to be here. Awesome. Hello, everyone. My name is Doug. I go by JT. I'm Chief Operating Officer, basically um, supporting these creative folks on our team and helping them do whatever we need to do for our business. So excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're glad to have you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we are waiting for possibly Will to join us. Uh, if he joins, we'll bring him in. Um, otherwise, we're just glad to have uh, have you guys here. And um, big shout out to Steph, who uh your community manager, she uh, set this up. Uh, I happened to pop in one day on your guys' live stream on YouTube, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to talk about this on our Motu podcast. And she was like, she's like, message me. And I'm like, I ain't nothing going to happen with this. And then, like, now here we are. So <laughs> it was it was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to her. She And Poof's been amazing, too. Both of them jumped into our uh, – we are, again – our podcast is relatively new, um, so we're kind of starting up like Discord, and both of them hopped into Discord, and they've just been great, and uh, I definitely love interacting with them. So um, big props to them. Um, so really, guys, um, we, we, we've got time here, but uh, I have a list of questions, um, and I think we talked a little, about, a little bit before the show started here about like kind of our podcast and what we are, and, you know, we're we like to brand ourselves as like, you know, the three old guys who talk about kids toys. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Motu has been around for 40 years. So, I mean, some of us, I mean, I'm 42, so, you know, roughly, you know, um, you know, that's kind of what I grew up with. And that's same with, with Bob and Ryan at Rhino here. Um, you know, can you tell us a little bit, um, about how this product for a collector of, physical items who have been collecting for 40 years, how do we switch into this mindset of this NFT, but you guys, you, as you guys brand it as a digital action figure um, for, for somebody to, who is very physical and likes to have the touch and collections and, you know, a Fonz you mentioned behind me, all of my collectibles and you can clearly see. So how would you guys sell something like this to somebody who is, who is into that, who wants that physical item? How do you, convert them to say, hey, let's try out something digital. Well, uh, JT, may I? Yeah, go ahead, bro. I've got a decent answer. Because uh, we, so being physical collectors ourselves, we tried to recreate as best we could the experience of physical collecting in the digital space, right? So you can see that in the cube that we place things in, the surprise unpack. And it's a very, like, it's, it's as close to a tactile experience as we can uh, to open it. Like, you've got to tap and hold rather than just, like, press a button. 
Soon we'll transfer that to mobile so that you can actually further interact with it. And then it, it goes through this incredible unboxing experience. And what you're left with is a toy in a blister pack, which is, you know, beautiful and in mint condition. And then you can further unwrap it to actually take it out of the blister pack and start playing with it. And uh, it's a like it's a wonderful one to one digital recreation of like that's of that physical mm. you know sensation that you get right. It's about as close to it's about as close as you can get without actually holding the toy in your hand. So it, what we're asking is not that far a departure from what you're already used to. It's just in a different medium, right? It's a little more forward thinking uh, for all the, the the future experiences that are coming our way. So so. Expanding on that just a bit more, so why would you say, in this essence, what you've just explained, makes digital action figures more appealing? Ah, because they're not just 2D avatars like we've seen in the past. They're not just a digital collectible that is meant to just, like sit on a shelf somewhere so that you can like show your friends and like pull out your phone and see that you have this thing. This is a digital action figure that is meant to, I mean, honestly, uh, we're all collectors here. So if you want to leave it in your blister pack, no judgment. I'm going to have a whole stash of those entirely. I'm right there with you. But then there's going to be another collect, an entire pile of toys that I, I unbox, I unwrap, and I'm going to play with these digital action figures. So we started off by creating a low key digital environment to show you like, just give you a taste of the future experiences that we're building for you. Mm -hmm. Because it, this isn't just a digital collectible, it's a digital action figure. Mm -hmm. We're not just create, giving you the opportunity to collect this toy, but we're creating digital experiences, games of various sizes, uh, so that you can actually play with these toys that you're collecting. That's awesome. So I think I think Rhino had had posted a question uh, for us was one of the things uh, with being able to interact with it. Do you see that uh, at some point, like Prince Adam transforming to He-Man or He-Man riding Battle Cat or any of that stuff? Or is it going to be truly each figure interacts with each environment in a different way? I would love so we envision the future in which all of these toys can play together. And there is a number of ideas floating around for different emotes and experiences. We absolutely want to get want to get to the point where He-Man can ride uh, Battle Cat. Uh, I'll give you to give you a small glimpse into our into our roadmap. Like that's technically classified under vehicles, which is classified under items, which is on the roadmap for 2023 and going forward. Well, that's awesome. That's yeah, very that, cool. That, I, want to, I want to add a little bit to that. A lot of the the where, where things are heading. If, um, if some of your listeners, or if you guys are familiar with, um, a game like Fortnite, Fortnite allows a mixture of different IP where you have different characters interacting. So in our world, we want all these different characters to be able to interact and for you to be able to play with them in addition to collecting them. So we're, we're looking at things from multiple different ways. You can just be a collector, leave things in a blister pack, leave it on your showcase, just experience it no different. I love your background, Ryan. That's awesome. I love all those action figures there. Minor, minor, fairly short. I have a few. I actually have a He-Man up there. Um, but, you know, essentially where we want to go is having a rich environment where people are able to interact with them. That's where the space is heading. There's a lot of uh, different things that you can do with it, but we really want folks to be able to play with them, interact with them, and just have a really good experience digitally in addition to physical if you collect the physical toys so it's more of an expansion of 
experience and play. Yeah, I know that makes sense. So, so Fonz, you mentioned like, you know, classified as a vehicle or whatever. So another mm -hmm. question is, is, you know, like every action figure needs its weapon that you can lose when you have it for 40 <laughs> years. But are you guys going to, to do something like that? Are you going to sell equipable accessories, um, customize them beyond just like, you know, I know there are different tiers of rarity, you know, um, are you going to be able to buy a, a different power sword or whatever for that character? Or is it really like, if I get pizza, he-man, do I just have pizza, he-man? So overall, like, let's just, let me just give you like a big resounding, just yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in the ethos and the spirit of everything that you just asked me, right? And then without getting terribly, like, just lost in the legalese, like, we're, we're talking to so many companies, and there are a number of brands and IPs that we're trying to bring in, right? And everybody has their own rules that you want, that people, you want them to follow. And... In the beginning, while we're while while we are still working to establish ourselves as a trustworthy company, one that you can place your IP in our hands, and what we're going to do is craft a love letter to to your fans, right? Uh, we're, we're still working to earn that trust while, while we build this like Wreck It Ralph style future where everybody gets along and can play together. So mm -hmm. we're definitely going to do items, but there are rules that we have to follow. And there may be items from like one IP that can't cross over into another just sure. because the rules of those worlds don't mesh, right? But what I can promise you is that like there, I'm endeavoring, we as a team are endeavoring as hard as we can to at least ensure that any items and, and IPs that we bring into our world, that those items can at least go on the natural characters that we create. So that at some point next year, what you will be able to see is like an adorable corgi dressed like He-Man. And maybe you can pull out your panda and see your panda transform to He-Man or dress up like Evelyn for Halloween or something of that nature. Whether or not we'll be able to swap the pizza sword from pizza He-Man to another sword, high probability, but I can't promise you it for sure. We're working out the rules, right? Sure, yeah. No, that's awesome. That sounds really great. Um, I think one of the things to, again, most of our listeners and the people we interact with on Twitter are the older generation. So, um, I'm sure a lot of people, and I, I and again, you, you guys have probably seen, I've been, we've been, you know, retweeting and hyping this up and, and get, and we've been getting a lot of questions ourselves and we, we can't answer them all, but so we don't have the super tech savvy people like, you know, you people, you know, you guys have been building um, fonts in uh, geo cities on your websites and everything. <laughs> Trust me. I stopped you guys all on, on, on discord. So I've read all your bios. <laughs> Way to age me in front of your audience. It's cool. <laughs> it don't work. I heard Will talking on Twitter spaces the other day and he did the same thing for like wrestling sites. So, you know, <laughs> Will and I got started, man, in middle school. That's awesome. That's speaking awesome. Of, speaking of which, oh, here. here's the man of the hour. I'm late oh. for the party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Will. And, and we we are recording. Just oh. a word of warning. <laughs> it's all right. It keeps it spontaneous. Keeps it fresh. What's up, guys? I'm sorry I'm late here. Yeah, we're we're gonna write you up and send it to the CEO. Don't worry. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Apologies, guys. It's uh, oh, that's fine. We know. 
you know, the, the getting the kids to bed and oftentimes they throw an audible your way and you gotta, you gotta roll with the punches. Nope. So my apologies. Of course. No, no, nope. no I understand problem. completely. I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. I get it. Yeah. My, my seven-year-old is literally on the other side of this store right here. He's like, can I be on the podcast? And I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, again, so, uh, Fonz and JT, I'll come back to the question I was going to ask. Um, well, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself real quick, uh, let you know your, your, what our listeners are, your position in the company, kind of what you do uh, a little yeah. bit, and uh, that way we can get to know you just a little bit. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, hi, everyone. My name is Will. I'm the CEO and one of the co-founders, along with these fine gentlemen here, Fonz and JT, and we also have two other co-founders of the company, uh, Freddie and Emilio, uh, who are not on tonight. They're probably literally drawing and animating as we speak, and Emilio's probably coding uh, up the, the, the system and the, the checkout process of the, the platform as we speak. And, uh, and yeah, um, the CEO of the company and, uh, kind of do all the, the little things, uh, uh, behind the scenes and trying to get this thing to the next level along with these fine gentlemen over here. So like every CEO that people think they, that they work for, you actually don't do any work. So that's basically what I do. I do I, I, you know what I do? I do. I do podcasts. That's what I do. I do. Podcasts. That's my main job. What do you do for this company? I, I record podcasts. I feel like I know you, like I've seen you on like six podcasts and listened to Twitter spaces in the last two weeks. I feel like I know you. So, I mean, it's getting, it's getting to the point where, yeah, like I really feel like there's one, one a day at this, sometimes multiple a day especially as we were like gearing up and like doing all the things for motu and all the other drops that we have coming up it's been uh it's been yeah. a grind i feel like you know it's like those those actors when they have a movie coming out they go on like the press tour you know and yep. they have to do like the whole thing they got to go on the late night show with letterman they got to do the you know the interviews and that's how i feel right now like we're doing the <laughs> we're doing the press tour that's we awesome. got well, it's been a lot of fun right? <laughs> kimmel or fallon i'll take either <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and Will, just so you know, um, just kind of a little bit about us. Uh, we are a relatively new kind of Motu podcast. Um, we really did this as a, a love letter just to ourselves to start out. And we just really awesome. wanted to have fun with it. Um, and, you know, we really describe it as just three old guys collecting old toys, you know. So, um, you know, awesome. we, we, we're we really excited to have you guys on um, and everything. So thanks again for joining us. Um but I get, where I was headed here with this question was, again, you know, we are an older crowd, um, you know, 40s and some in there. And so people aren't super tech savvy. So, again, we just talked about, you know, like, what do you get, um, you know, a physical toy versus the, the digital action figure you guys are creating. Um, but for, again, just a flip side of that. So when somebody who isn't tech savvy buys your digital action figure, you know, what do they actually own and what is that magic that Cryptoys is doing, you know, via their site to um, engage and keep these people coming back. Yeah, I mean, I'll jump into it. I, I don't know uh, when I when I joined where you guys were, but um, as far as that right the question, <laughs> awesome. So it's good You're timing. So, so a lot of people, um, you know, again, what, what we're building with Cryptoys is we're building a digital toy company. And it's kind of an interesting thing because we're the first of its kind, a fully digital toy company built from the ground up as digital first and NFT native. And 
I think the, the great thing about our platform is just like in the physical toy industry, you have people that use toys in different ways. Some people are collectors and they collect them and they keep them in their blister packs and they, they put them on the shelves and they admire them. Other people take them out of the packaging and actually play with the toys, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So um, we like to think of ourselves as doing those, those same kind of play patterns digitally. Um, and we really attract all different kinds of sets. So like, first of all, from a collectability standpoint, you could do that. You could get the, your, your crypt toys in a blister pack. You could unwrap it, see what, which one you get, keep it in mint condition if you want and set it up very much like you would think like Funko pops, right? If you collected Funko pops, they would sit like kind of in the pack on the shelf and you would, you know, have them and you would look at them, admire them, collect them. Uh, you could do it in that sense with crypt toys as well, just digitally. But then also we we uh, accommodate the play patterns of folks that like to take their toys out of the packaging and play with them, although we do it digitally. So we build a series of games and unique experiences for people to take their toys literally out of the digital packaging and play with them in different ways. So you could think of us in a way like if Funko Pop and Nintendo had a baby, it would be Crypt Toys, effectively. Uh, <laughs> So that's like how I like to describe it. So maybe not Funko. I'm going to say more like loyal subjects because this oh, is nothing. literally the same thing. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was literally sitting here today and I have, I have a bag of them. I, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I have a bag of them sitting on my desk. And I was like, oh, my God, these are crypt toys. <laughs> these are awesome. So, yeah. So I think that's awesome. Um, you know, I think one of the things... Um, that we've been plagued with in a collector society. And we've talked about this on some other podcasts is um, the purchasing uh, of items, whether that's again, mm. digital or not. So, you know, we've seen it with Mattel creations. We've seen it like with Funkos in a fee drops. We've seen it that. So it's like, okay, it goes live now. And like in two seconds, you're going to check out and it's already sold out. Like, how are you guys preventing stuff like that? Again, I know, I think, you know, you have your, your waves coming out, your three waves, four characters per wave. I think all in all about 10,000 per character for like a total of like 120,000. Um, but how are you guys preventing that? So when this, when this comes out on the ninth, how are you going to prevent me, little, little me in Denver, Colorado, to be able to get one when you have things like what happened with Reddit and their NFTs where they did like $2.5 million in a day. Like, how are you going to help me get one, at least one on my hands without all of the bots or whatever else coming in and purchasing them? Fawn's a great question for you. Oh man. All right. So this is a nuanced answer. This is a, a multi-pronged attack. So one, we've got bot <laughs> We've got bot detection going on in the back, which is actually like literally being finely tuned as we speak right now. That's literally what Emilio might actually be working on right now, as a matter of fact. So there's bot detection going on. Secondly, uh, it's not just like uh, Westeros free-for-all when we open up the doors. Uh, when you actually make it to the front of checkout, like if you once you make it to the line, we actually reserve inventory for you. Oh, nice. Right? So, which means that there is a, a mathematical correlation between the amount of inventory that we drop at one time and how many people can actually make it through the door based on that number, because the people that make it to the head of the line get inventory reserved. And then they have five minutes to check out. And as soon as you check out with however many you decided to go, the next person gets in line. Keep the train of flowing. 
So now are you, so like with the bot detection, are we using like, is it based off IP or is it by username, email? I mean, things like that. Or is it literally like first come, first serve, I buy five. If I want to go back, if I want to buy another five, I have to go back to the end of the line and then work my way through. Is that how it's kind of working? That is kind of how it's working. But there isn't like there isn't uh, the traditional queue of an of an NFT project. It's more like it is more like an an open store. Uh, gotcha. And the, the the last thing that we're doing is that we are actually limiting the the number of cubes that people can purchase. We're actually we are considering upping the number possibly to ten cubes at a time for the Motu drops, just because those have a higher inventory than the Genesis like numbers that we're dropping. That's still a conversation that we may or, that we may not that we may or may not have. Uh, but you can't just, you know, like a lot of other projects, just like max mint 40 and like leave out the door. We do have, there are, as head, as the person in charge of product, I have concerns over, over whales. Like I, I want more toys in more people's hands. And it, it almost hurts me to say this as a collector, cause I, I want all the toys too, but I have to be responsible to our audience. And it's really more important to me that more people get our toys as opposed to like any small amount of us uh, hoarding all of them, despite the fact that I want to be one of those people. We actually had someone come to us the other day. I won't name names, uh, but a big supporter of the project. And he said, when's the mint? I literally set aside $35,000 to mint as many as possible. Wow. <laughs> I mean, good for you guys. Exactly. But... And, 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 that's, and that, that's what Alfonso is like, okay, very nice. But how do I make sure that this is as, uh, yeah. you know, oh. as, as even as possible so that, you know, everyone could get access and not someone that literally just has money laying around that just can buy a ton mm -hmm. of them. So that's why you have the bot prevention, the limits yep. for checkout. So uh, Will was like, what to... do I tell this person? And I was like, <laughs> as politely as you can, tell him he's stuck and he's got to get back in line. Like, I think I... Pratic, all right, get back in line, grab your five, go through the checkout <laughs> process. Apparently, apparently you haven't been to Disney World when they release the figment popcorn bucket because that was a disaster. <laughs> No, dude, Ryan, I, I just learned about the Figment popcorn bucket literally on my last one to Disney. It is a thing. It is a right? thing. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, they, yeah. they were hours, hours. I'm going to tell you, I've been to Tokyo, yeah. Japan, and I went to Disney, Japan, and they are big on popcorn buckets. Like, So when they uh -huh. said the po Figment popcorn bucket, I was like, what? That's only a thing in Japan. But no, they no. were. Crazy. We were we were in Orlando. This was, I think it was uh, a year ago. And my wife saw it for the first time. Someone had the figment popcorn bucket and my wife's like, Oh my God, that's amazing. I have to ask her where she got it. And like, she goes up to this woman who's like a Disney, obviously she's like Disney now, like Disney is her life, this person. So my wife goes up to this person like, which store can I get that? in?" And the woman looks at her like, <laughs> just like laughed at her on the spot. Cause it's like, such a, like you have to be at a specific spot at a very specific moment for that particular item we didn't know there was a whole like lore behind the figment popcorn bucket oh yeah yeah we, we were just there uh in september and, and the figment ride my son he's seven he's like can we ride that again and again and again like, oh my god no please <laughs> that's a classic i ride, love me some it, figment <laughs> 
that. No. <laughs> yeah, not seven times in a row. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we ride that. We ride the new Guardians ride. We ride that. And yeah. he's like, oh, no, I don't want to ride the Guardians ride anymore. And I'm like, well, then I don't want to ride Figment anymore. <laughs> I can't wait for the Guardians ride to come to Orlando, but I don't think they will because there's that law. Um, when no, they but the Guardians the ride is at Epcot. It's at Epcot. It's at Epcot in Orlando? Ride. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So, yeah, so, so I was thinking... The, yeah, the way the Disney stuff works is they can't uh, bring Avengers to Florida because of Universal. Um, mm-hmm. That all they can do it on the West Coast because it's California. It's it's like the divided. I think like the Mississippi River is what they decided. East of the on, Mississippi, so. it says in the contract. Yeah, you know this is an old school contract when they they refer to you can do this west of the Mississippi, but not east of the Mississippi. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, the contract was written like fifty years ago or something. Right. Wrong. <laughs> right. Right. Do not cross this line, the Hatfields and the McCoys. <laughs> um, Ryan, hey, uh, Rhino, you actually wanted to, I think, had a question about, like, uh, with uh, the blockchain and stuff. Did you want to ask that question? Uh, well, I had a different one I wanted to ask first. Sure. Uh, again, thank you all for being on. But can you kind of walk us through how Cryptoys and Motu kind of got together? I would love to hear that story, if that's something we can discuss. Oh, we'll hit him with it. Sure. So, um, first of all, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a digital toy company. And as, as we started exploring partnerships and we talked with a lot of the, the big toy companies, you know, all, all the major toy companies, the ones that you would know, we had a chance to speak with. And it was clear right from the get-go that Mattel was the absolute best partner. Like when we chatted with them, it was just clear from day one, like this is a very forward thinking company. A lot of the other toy companies that were like, Oh, digital, we know it's a thing that's going to hurt physical sales and we, but we still need to do this stuff because that's where the world's going. But, you know, is it going to, is it going to, you know, hurt our sales and this whole blockchain thing? I don't know about it, but we should do it and look into it. And like, they were a little bit trepidatious, but they had to kind of take the meeting because that's where the world was heading. And that's what like was mandated. But like Mattel was like, no, disruption is happening. We need to be the ones that disrupt ourselves. So it was like clear from the get-go that, you know, Mattel had always a mindset that it's not physical or digital. It's physical and digital. These worlds coexist and they work side by side. So we knew right away that Mattel was a great partner. Um, And then when we did the deal with Mattel, it was fantastic because not only was it a a licensing deal, it was just what it looks like at the onset that it's a traditional licensing deal. But also Mattel invested in on-chain studios in our company. So as part of the Series A, they wrote a check. So they're actually shareholders of our company as well. So it's a truly aligned partnership. So when we did the deal, then, of course, it it came down to which IP did we want to work on first? Um, And there's a lore behind Cryptoys. Like if you look at our characters, so we do license stuff like Motu and and other things that we're going to announce, but we also have our own characters as well, um, Mm -hmm. our own IP that we develop. And if you guys check out the IP and I encourage your listeners to go to Cryptoys.com and watch the the animated short, the -hmm. backstory of Cryptoys is that these characters are 8-bit video game characters from 1981 that gets sucked into a wormhole and transported 40 years into the future. And they go from 8-bit pixelated game characters to fully 3D animated, they get dumped on the blockchain. And they have to learn about the nature of their new existence as present day as NFTs on the blockchain. So from an aesthetic standpoint, it's like Stranger Things meets Pixar is the way I like to describe it. And 
again, everything takes place in 1981. So we're looking up all the different IPs that we could work with Mattel. And they have obviously a fantastic IP. They have Masters of the Universe. They got Barbie. They got Hot Wheels, American Girl. There's tons of stuff. Number one, first of all, a lot of us in the company, JT, Fonz, myself, Lior, uh, Matt, Freddie, like Masters of the Universe was a big part of our childhood, right? So like mm -hmm. that was like, hey, if we could work on Motu, how fantastic would that be, right? As like the inner child in us speaking. Um, but then we looked up Motu because it, 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 was, it was a while since we kind of looked up the whole lore of the franchise and, and when it was created. And again, our characters, the backstories, they were you know coming from 1981. And if you look up when Masters of the Universe was invented, lo and behold, Master of the Universe was ideated and created in 1981 and launched as a series and a toy line in 1982. So thematically, if it's all about like the early 80s and nostalgia, it was like the perfect match. And then you tie it into like, you know, having conversations with JT and I'll, I'll pass the mic to JT, who's like the ultimate Motu fan at the company. He's like, dude, no, this is the one we have to, we have to do this one first. So that's how it all came to be. No, it's, um, I thought they were going to ask us some, another question, but yeah, to build on, we'll, we'll um, just cover it there for us. It was, there was no other choice it, out of all the IP that we had, they were really masters of the universe is the way to go. The alignment of it. Uh, for me, I have, um, I have a very early heavy connection as a child to masters of the universe. Uh, when I moved to the U S back in summer of 88, my grandparents basically bought the entire collection for me as a welcome <laughs> gift. Um, wow. Nice. So I, re I remember, and I shared a picture with the team last week. Um, I had my mom send me a picture. There's this picture of me as a 10 year old child and I'm there in a room with my friends and you can see Castle Grayskull on the bottom right with all the different figures at the bottom, like Moss Man, Zodak, Man of Arms, Ram Man, the whole kind of that whole gambit with Castle Grayskull there. And I'm, I was in, heavily into wrestling as well. So I'm there doing like the whole Hogan pose, you know, doing this whole thing. <laughs> so it's, you know, the essence of it. And just 30 plus years later, being able to work on Masters of the Universe was such a huge kind of, um, you know, you, the, these things kind of like goes full circle. And for me, it was just, it was really interesting just to be a part of that and reliving that childhood and buying toys again. This, I was telling Will this the other day, when you grow, you, you kind of harden a bit and you lose a little bit of that magic. So now having the ability to work on Motu and being able to be a part of this kind of re-energizes and kind of wakes that child up again. So it's been really cool. And um, I've been super thrilled with everything we've done and the characters are fantastic, but yeah, we have a lot of fans internally in the company. That's, That's awesome brilliant. Here. Thank you. That's great. Um, so I know, again, I know all the legalese, I work in digital marketing, so I understand all of this. Um, I, I, having listened to your previous podcast, um, you know, without saying anything, you know, what is your roadmap look like? Like, I know you're releasing the, the three waves of the four characters of Motu. Do you see yourself stopping at that and not making any new characters? If you pull in another license, um, you know, um, from Mattel or whoever it might be, or do you plan to keep growing on the Motu line as, as things progress with that? Yeah. Uh, so what we can say is, 
we have a number of things that we're working on with Mattel. Uh, Master Universe, obviously, the, the first one. It's the big priority right now. And we've been living in Masters of the Universe world for like the past, I would say, six months. We've been just living and breathing it uh, to create this line that you're seeing. Because you're seeing the first four, then you'll see the, the next four and the third four. And there's lots of like cool stuff that, that we'll be doing there. There's other stuff that we're going to be doing with Mattel as well that we'll be announcing. But the cool thing is just like a, a physical toy company, we're going to be doing additional items and things like that that'll come along with the line. So you have your Masters of the Universe base characters. It gives us the opportunity to do more characters right down the line as well. It also gives us the opportunity to do items and accessories, wearables, power-ups within that theme. So, you know, that's something that that's on the roadmap. Um, and then experiences, right? We, you know, we have lots of experience of what you can do with these toys. Um, you know, in our in our roadmap, we have something called play sets. And it is exactly what it sounds like. These are digital things that you could take your toy in and do different things with, right? Really, really cool. So again, it's like, again, like we say about the Funko Pop meets Nintendo, there's some really cool stuff that we can do. And again, this is not, uh, you know, we're all big physical collectors here. I got tons of physical stuff all over, you know, my room right now. Um, and it's about... Yeah, there's things that you can do physically and, and there are great collectibles, you know, in the physical world. But then there's also a, a method of play that you can only do digitally when like plastics and the laws of physics are in a limitation. What are the cool stuff that you could do? Literally, you could shoot, you know, lightning at a He-Man sword and like things like that. There's stuff that you could do that you could only do digitally and bring joy to, to toy collectors around the world. So, um, you know, you know, back to that question is, we got a lot of stuff to do. It's a multi-year partnership with Mattel and Masters of the Universe is a core tenant of that partnership. So that's we awesome. We're definitely not done with it yet. Yeah. So I, all I ask is when you please make things more interactive as you, as you go down the pipeline, please allow it for there to be two cursors on the screen and my son can dash his choice. <laughs> I literally, I buy him a new McFarlane Batman. He's like, oh, the arm broke off. I'm like, dude, I bought that like five minutes ago. Please stop. So if you could do that digitally and then it just fixes itself, you guys, I, I would buy $35,000 yeah. worth of crypto. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't have $35,000. But you'd save so much more money doing it that way. Yeah. To be honest, here for like a year for this entire time, I've been thinking about like legit game experiences and like smooth things. I think we should have been aiming the bar a little lower. And we literally just <laughs> have a room where you can just do this with two digital toys. That's it. Yep. Just... Or, or where you can like put the digital picture of like your boss on there, and it's like <laughs> we've been aiming. We've been aiming too high with mini games. We don't even yep. need mini games, we dude. Just... <laughs> I told you, I'm digital marketing. All you do is got to hire me. I, I mean, I sell you everything right here. <laughs> I, I'm, I gotta go to Notion and submit this as an official idea. I'm <laughs> No, hey, hey, I'm copywriting this. Copyright. <laughs> um, so I kind of just, I want to switch the tone just a smidge, and I don't want it to be like a doom and gloom thing. But, you know, again, Cryptoys is building amazing stuff. You guys have your pipeline. You know, the long-term vision for Cryptoys, like you said, it's a multi-tenant deal with Mattel and other brands. Um, what happens if Cryptoys hits it big and you guys sell? or the website is no longer available for collectors to access their stuff. What happens to that NFT or that digital action figure? Um, because again, 
things happen. I mean, I play mobile app games and I dump in 20 bucks and then in two years it's gone. And like, well, there's my money gone. So how do, how do you see something like that? Or how would somebody who wants to invest in this, how do you present that to them saying, hey, this is what you get if this, God forbid, were to happen? I think you just described why blockchain is so important right there because that's it's exactly what it does is all of a sudden a company like ours uh can mint something onto the blockchain this nft becomes immutable in the sense that if the company for whatever reason and you know let's hope it doesn't happen we're working our asses off we want to build a generational company but let's say something does happen to the company your asset still exists on the blockchain nobody could take that away from you because it's your asset you'd be able to transfer it out to a third-party wallet that you have sole custody over over the, that asset very similar to like you know like back in the day there were old star wars action figures made by companies and toy manufacturers that are not around anymore to this day right mm-hmm. um but you have them and you know you can see these old school toy companies like you remember old baseball cards were created by tobacco companies you know mm-hmm. before they were you know created by actual card manufacturers and just because those tobacco companies don't manufacture the cards anymore they're not around today it's still valuable because it exists and 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 it's owned blockchain allows that to happen digitally for the first time ever so we're able to mint these things on the blockchain if the centralized company that produces them fails to exist you still own that asset and in some ways Maybe it becomes even more rare because the company that manufactured them doesn't even exist anymore. So they can't produce any more of them, you know, digitally. So uh, the beauty of blockchain is it's your sole custody. It's a digital item, but you can take it and have custody over it uh, through a third party uh, non-custodial wallet. And this, the for folks that are listening, I would imagine a lot of folks listening to the podcast are, are starting to maybe dabble in NFTs for the first time or learning about digital collectibles. You really have two sets of uh, quote unquote wallets in this world where you store your digital collectible. You have a custodial wallet and a non-custodial wallet. A custodial wallet effectively just means that you're trusting another company to hold your assets for you. It provides usually a better user experience, but you're trusting still a third party. So if you ever use Coinbase to hold your Bitcoin or Ethereum, that's actually a custodial wallet. You're trusting uh, Coinbase to hold your assets and you have to trust that when you go to remove your Bitcoin that they actually could make good on that, just like Bank of America could do that, right? A non-custodial wallet is literally, it's like the digital equivalent of putting the cash under the mattress, basically. You are in full control of it. You have your seed phrase and that's it. There's no 1-800 number to call if you lose your assets or get hacked. You are in full custody of your digital items. So uh, a lot of folks, when they have like a MetaMask wallet, if you hear about MetaMask wallets, that's a non-custodial wallet that you just keep your own stuff and you're in control of it. So it's your responsibility to make sure you safeguard it. So if you were to take an asset on ours, when you go to our, uh, you know, our cryptoids.com, that's actually a custodial wallet because we want to make it as easy as possible for people to get involved. But we're actually also rolling out uh, third-party non-custodial support so that folks that really want to just have this and make sure that it's safeguarded forever can take it off the platform and guard it. So to answer your question there, Ryan, that that that's kind of the, the beauty of blockchain is if the centralized company fails to exist, you still have that asset. Yep. So, so, if I if I have that asset, what is mm-hmm. what is what is my what does my He-Man figure look like? Is it just like kind of what we see on the website? It's just that picture of that, or is it in a three D render? How does something like that 
work. So the, the, they're, the, the answer is both, right? There's like pictures that are baked into the smart contract. There's images onto the smart contract, like what's built onto the asset. And there's actually 3D renders that actually can be put into the smart contract as well um, in, in the blockchain world and in, in digital collectibles and NFTs, you'll hear, hear the word composability a lot. And it's kind of like a weird world, a w weird word, but basically what it means is you can take an asset, you know, and based on the attributes, you could put it into another play pattern or another application and use it in different ways. It's composable. So like, for example, let's say 30 years from now, somebody, an independent developer can say, yeah, we support those old school cryptoids that were made back in 2022. We made a game where you can import your cryptoids on. So that's the beauty of it is you can make these things composable. So based on the, the 3D rigs and the assets, you know, it could it could be treated uh, independently. So these are some of the, the, the merits of why blockchain is so interesting and valuable. If I that's can further awesome. expand on that, right, just a little bit, because yeah. the nature of the technology that we use to build these things basically further incentivizes us to continue to kick ass on behalf of our customers. Because if you can take that toy to other third parties, right, because it's, because it's composable, as Will says, that incentivizes us to make sure that we are the best and strongest and most entertaining place for you to play with that toy, right? The technology opens up other possibilities, and that's fantastic. Great. We are still going to be the best place for you to come play with that toy. That's awesome. So... With that being said, Rhino, I'm going to ask the question that you, I think somebody asked on Twitter. With with the the discussion has been around the environmental impact of NFTs, crypto, writing to the blockchain, all that stuff. You know, what what as cryptoys are you guys doing to mitigate, you know, like the server sustainability of your products and reducing that environmental impact? Oh, I've got it. Sorry, I've got answers. <laughs> 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 this is one of the this was a, a major issue for me which is one, one of the reasons that i'm so proud uh that we're actually on flow because flow was built to be a very environmentally safe blockchain uh as a matter of fact like uh minting something on flow is actually less electricity than i think like five google searches something along these lines so like and then just astronomically less energy than uh like scrolling through an instagram feed or a tiktok feed or something along these lines so not only did we choose uh, a very environmentally friendly blockchain, but then we're also a, a, an interesting and responsible hybrid of Web 2 and Web 3 technologies, right? We'll call it like Web 2.5, because only that which absolutely has to be put on the blockchain is being put on the blockchain. Like, uh, for example, as we enhance as as we enhance the value of the products, and like next year we're going to be releasing. Uh, patches to commemorate your your special collectability moments, right? Like if you pull three of a kind, or if you like manage to get in line but don't snag a cube, like there's a patch for that, so that you can you know put it on your backpack. We're just celebrating your moment of collectability. My, my moment of failure. <laughs> I'm not getting the figure. <laughs> a, little, a little something, right? Thanks. So, uh, <laughs> we talked about this internally, and like we could have we could have put the patches uh, on the blockchain, but really. <clears throat> Did they need to be? What's like? What's the what added benefit does putting them on the blockchain provide? As that keeping them within the gate of our website and just awarding them to you responsibly, attaching them to your account, like that that doesn't do the same. Until we're ready to like open that up to a third party to like allow it for like you know POAT verification or something uh, independent of us, 
it didn't need to be put on the blockchain. So the things that are getting minted are your toys, the items that go on your toys, right? Eventually, like after when we get to like tokenization, those things will be like related to will be placed on the blockchain, but we're being as responsible as we can be by not putting every single asset that we create as a company on there. Only that which absolutely is necessary because it benefits from the technology. That's great to hear. I think I think that's that's awesome. I, I'm super impressed with that. So I'm glad you uh, are thinking through that and, and thinking about the environment because, you know, uh, uh, the older generation, it's always like, nah, that's your problem. Well, you know, some of us have kids and so we want to make sure it's still around for them. So maybe they'll play with these in 30 years too. Who knows? <laughs> okay. Um, so another question I had, and I think this is an interesting one. So, um, yesterday the fall guys announced that they're doing the Motu skins for their little characters. Then today on Mattel creations, they are releasing the skinned little fall guys. Do you guys plan? And I know Vons would briefly touch this before we started recording all this stuff, but do we get any physical releases? Because I'm going to tell you, if you do that, you're going to have a lot of people who might invest in both me. <laughs> yeah i would just say that um you know the partnership with mattel uh, goes both ways it's really exciting you know and we have a lot of stuff planned we can't officially announce anything but sure. you know we've talked a lot about what um you know we're, we're doing the digital extension of their toys and you know obviously they're like what's the physical extension of crypt toys look like and how do we get there so it's a big part of our partnership we got nothing uh, specifically that we could announce or talk about today, but it's on our mind quite a bit. And uh, it's very interesting because uh, Toys to Life was a big trend, you know, about a decade ago or even more so now. You had the Disney Infinity series, mm -hmm. right? You had Skylander. Yeah, they were great. They were a little bit before its time. So the problem with Disney Infinity, and we actually got to know uh, some of the minds behind that, that line was the idea was great but it was a terrible business you know from from like disney's perspective from their bottom line because they would produce all these physical characters these like you know tech enabled characters and majority of them there, there was a lot of demand for them early on but then a lot of them just sat in warehouses around the country and like billions of dollars of inventory just sat around and if you talk to some of the folks that that did toys to life so you had remember disney infinity you had uh, Nintendo Amiibo, I believe, mm -hmm. right? Skylanders. Uh, have, uh, Skylanders, exactly. So um, some of those had you know more success than others in different kind of fan bases. But the interesting thing is I've met with a lot of folks that, that, that were involved in those businesses and those lines and investors in those businesses. And they say the real key to bringing toys to life is everybody tried to go physical to digital. But really the key is going digital to physical. It's going the other way starting digitally and then enabling the physical redemptions you know mm -hmm. so you collect digitally but then you get this really rare physical thing if you collect a lot of the digital stuff mm -hmm. um or enabling physical uh claiming or shipments and stuff like that so i think that's like what funko's we... doing with their nfts right now so like they have a certain amount that are super rare and then that right it's like 500 of them and then you can in it's like six months turn in and redeem it for that actual right. physical product right. Exactly, exactly. So like there's massive opportunities in the space if you go the other way, if you go digital to physical. So that we're this hard to think about what that that could mean uh, if you were to reboot Toys to Life and do it in a different way. And we're excited to explore that with, with different partners. That's awesome. 
Um, yep. Bob Brino, I, I kind of took over here. I apologize. Uh, any questions <laughs> that you guys have? Uh, what are your what figures are you guys looking forward to seeing like roll out here eventually? For Jay-Z. me, Oracle. I, I, I can't wait for Oracle. <laughs> I, I, you know, I saw the different rarities of Oracle and I was just blown away. Our, our team and animation team, they're so talented. And a lot of the stuff, you guys have seen the stuff they did with He-Man. Um, I love the Grail rarity tier. That's probably my favorite one with the glowing hands. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of different just creative things that we've done. But for me, it's Orko. Um, I still haven't seen all the Skeletor's uh, rarities. So I'm, I'm curious about that. So even as one of the founders, I haven't seen every single thing that they're building. But <laughs> so far, Orko for sure. Oh man, nice. Can I can I change my answer from before or like can I just <laughs> well, the, the, we were recording then. We were recording then, so yeah. nobody knows. <laughs> Contain multitudes because it's it's weird. Because you asked me earlier what my favorite character is, and it's and it's Orko. But if you ask me of like which figure I want most, mm-hmm. I need Roaring Battle Cat, okay, with ah. water helmet on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> I was the one on the podcast where I said he was Cheeto colored because, dude, I'm colorblind, so I thought he was the Cheeto. <laughs> I didn't realize that was a watermelon helmet. <laughs> yeah. It's like so good too. Like if you go to the collect page on the website, yeah. the renders of of them are incredibly high. Like you can literally just pinch to zoom, and it'll take up the whole screen, and you can see it in beautiful high yeah. resolution. I need but that thing. Cat is so pretty That's under my monitor. <laughs> Like that, that's where I need that thing. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I know we're kind of wrapping up here about at, at our hour mark here. I don't want to, I want to be conscious of you guys' time. Ryan's got a question. Sorry. I got, I got two quick questions actually. One is um, for people who are interested in purchasing, is there any pre-work they need to do? Uh, do they need to go to the website and set up a login or anything they need to do to get ready for this? That's question one. Cool. All right. Ho- ho- hold on to question two. I'm so glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that and like tie it in because you asked about like the non-techie folk and I answered mm-hmm. about uh, how it be correlated to the physical space. But like not only did we make this experience as close to physical collecting as we possibly could, right? And someday when you get haptic gloves, we'll be in it. We'll be in on that technology too, so you can rip it open. But until then, this is what we've got. But we made the process super simple. Sign up is is passwordless, so you don't even have to like actually give us a password and worry about a new one. It's tied to your email account. Once you uh, create an account, a in the background, it's all done for you. You don't have to connect a wallet and set a pass for, and set a seed phrase. One is created for you. We call it your backpack. That's where we store your toys. That's where that's where the magic is stored, right? And if you are a crypto person, we make it really easy for you to deposit crypto. Uh, you can do so in advance. If you're not, or even if you just don't want to, you can also check out with a credit card day of. So you can press or not. Creating an account is super easy. Like we ask you for like name, username, and your birthday, just to make sure you're over 18. No additional data. Perfect. Uh, Because, you know, as a lot of us have tried to get in on uh, Mattel Creations purchases, uh, you know, we have multiple computers set up. We've got friends logging in for us. We've got the shop app with our credit card information stored. And we're clicking like frantic, crazy people trying to, to do these purchases. So I was wondering. That's how he got 36 any... of those. 
so that was question one. And question two, I'm going to go super nerdy Motu. Because uh, as I've seen your all's live stream, and I know that you all are very passionate about recreating this collecting experience. The blister pack looks amazing. Uh, the figures look great. But there was one little component missing, and I'm hoping this shows up someday. The mini comic. All Motu fans <laughs> know about these mini comics. So down the road, we need some Cryptoys mini comics. I like this idea. I like yeah. this idea. We're... I know. I got you. <laughs> Okay, perfect. <laughs> I got you. Are you. Do you want to give him a little bit of a taste that we do have some comics? But... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, well, well, hold on. Let me, let me start. I find it so easy to make this promise to you already. <laughs> so, there let, is let, me comic book. That. let me clarify that before Will's like, JT, what are you saying? <laughs> so, for our characters, we created a comic. It's kind of like a digital comic that I don't think it's on our site anymore, but we did create it. So mm -hmm. the point I'm trying to highlight there is that we've done that from a product perspective. So oh. it's stretch for us. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. I couldn't. I couldn't put it on the website. Like it, I'll. I. I will own it. We had so much to do to get ready to, to get ready to for like for launch. My team and I, we couldn't put it up on the website in like the high fidelity comic reading experience that mm -hmm. I wanted. And there's just like, there's a bar that Freddie and his our team has set for quality. And my experience team needs to either meet that or, or, or beat it. There, we mm. can't go lower. So with everything being focused on launch, we couldn't get it up on the website in time, which basically means that in the very near future, I, I get to have a conversation with my co-founders lightly twisting their arms so that I can just airdrop comic books into backpacks. Cause if I can't oh. put it up on the website, I might as well give it away for free. Perfect. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, I know we hadn't really talked about it at first. Again, you guys, just as an FYI, if you want to give a quick rundown of uh, the things that's happening on the 9th uh, for our listeners, uh, as we kind of wrap things up here, um, that way they understand everything to do. You talked about how, how to log in. But if you just want to give a quick blurb about what's happening on the 9th and uh, how things are kind of going to progress for that day. So anyone who wants to, to partake can partake. Go for it, Will. On the ninth, uh, so with your, we're aiming right now. Uh, we'll we'll announce the official times shortly <clears throat> on our Twitter and in our Discord. But the the placeholder right now is twelve p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to start doing the drops, uh, and we'll go from there. We'll provide all the details necessary. Uh, you know, as as we highlighted, if you're in the U.S., you could use a credit card, so no need for crypto. If you're outside the United States. Top off your account with crypto. You can use Bitcoin, Ethereum, USDC, and a number of others. Um, really easy to create an account at Cryptoys.com. And as we get closer here in the next couple of days, we'll post more information on our Twitter and in our Discord. Um, but it should be, you know, rather seamless. And Fonz has some exciting thing he apparently wants to share by the look of his face. Just what, yeah. an, an extension to my answer to Rhino's yeah. question, because I am in a room full of hardcore collectors here. And, dude, I don't want Rhino coming after me because I didn't give him the full details. Rhino, there is a KYC limit on the website of $1,000. So if you come back and you're trying to buy five, five, five KYC and like verify yourself before you hit that limit. Otherwise, at a thousand dollars, the system is yeah. going to tell you that you have to verify before we can let you buy more. Oh, and that's, ver and that's verify right? with so, an ID, right? 
Uh, yes, you need, you'll need a valid ID. So now you've got full details. You can pay with credit card. There's a $1,000 limit. Verify yourself if you're hardcore enough to want to come buy a bunch of cubes. Perfect. Awesome. That's awesome. Um, one last thing I have uh, a question of is, again, thank you guys, first and foremost, for taking time to speak with us tonight. Um, again, talking with Steph and Poof and interacting with you guys via the live streams and, and asking questions in there and having you here. Um, I dreamt about this last night and I thought I was going to fuck it up. And uh... <laughs> oh, Are we supposed to be recording, Ryan? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, I guess I just get to tell people what we talked about. <laughs> Again, terrible. Um, I, I think what, what what my question is, is as we progress, and again, one of, Will, I think you replied maybe to one of my things because somebody said I had I tweeted about attorney being like 600 bucks, and I'm like, now you want me to buy these stupid fake things? And then, like, right. as I learned more about it, I was like, Oh, okay. This is actually really cool. Like, am I going to drop $600? I don't know. Um, but again, as an average collector, seeing these things, I showed my son, he was like, he's like, he literally came in and he's like, when do I get to play with those toys? And I'm like, I don't know yet. You know, so I know he yeah. is super stoked for him. So how does the average collector like myself, um, if we love Motu, we love Crypt Toys, what you guys are producing, any other, you know, uh, lines down the line, whatever that may be. How do we stay involved with you guys? How do we um, give ideas or feedback or any of that stuff? What's the best way for us to interact and, you know, help help you guys promote what you have, but as well, you know, listen to the ideas of, of your fans? So so I think that's the beauty of, of Web3 and, and having a community that's passionate. So, you know, we, we very much make this a two-way conversation. It's not us just kind of shouting from the mountains like, this is what we want to build and we hope you enjoy it. No, this is very much a, a collaborative conversation with our community. We're doing this for the first time. There's no playbook of building a digital toy company. So we very much want to build this in, in unison with our fans and, and, and with our customers. So the, the best way to have that two-way conversation is either through Discord, if you want to have like a more real-time dialogue and i encourage folks to join the discord uh or on twitter where we can kind of interact with each other that way but it's more asynchronous um so if you're involved in the, the cryptoids discord um there's lots of different channels there's like an ideas and feedback channel there's a general chat there's a crypto classic chat there's a motu specific chat uh please come with your ideas that's how we know that we're on the right track of building this and um you know you know what do you do like i, I, I think like a big reason that we do what we do we do what we do and you know we say this a lot at onchain studios is that you know we feel that you know we we grow up and we become adults but you know we're constantly looking for ways to feel like a kid again and i know you guys that resonates with you guys right because we're surrounded by these things that remind us of our childhood and like the spark that like we had as a kid mm -hmm. and it brings joy to our day and it makes the people around us happy because we're lit up in some way it's like i use this analogy a, a lot like remember when you saw jurassic park in the theater for the first time you know there was that moment that you walked out of the theater and like your life changed like something was different after that you know what i mean and jt hit the nail on the head right like life has a way of like hardening you as you grow up you deal with bills and responsibilities and all these things and these little things that look dorky or geeky but to us just remind us of happiness and joy and bringing that like spark and like fun and like the simple things in life that bring us happiness that's what it's all about and like when we were kids we would connect with each other 
about these things, like our love for Motu, our love for Ninja Turtles, our love for Spider-Man, right? That was like the, the bond and the connection. And look, we're doing it today. We're literally on a podcast. We're all around the country right now, virtually talking about Master Universe. And how freaking amazing is that, right? Like <laughs> this has brought us together. And as we build a digital toy company, we want that same feeling and ethos that we're building this thing together. So we encourage your ideas and, you know, we frankly couldn't do this without you and the community's involvement. So please, if you're interested in what we're building, like, let, let's do this thing together. And we, we would love that. Yeah, I, I think I think heavily, you know, again, NFT space, stuff like that, you're going to have those people who are buying it just to be in on the ground floor. They don't maybe care about Motu. And, and I think that's kind of what I want to change with something like this is like, hey, let's think more about this. Like, again, you know, Fonz, you talked about limits and all that stuff. That that just is great because it allows somebody like me, who is average Joe, to go and like, hey, I want to buy a couple just to see what it's about, you know, see how things evolve. Um, I know in other podcasts or other chats, I, I've asked about like the mobile app and I know you briefly mentioned it, like having that and like being able to hand my son my phone and go here, play with He-Man for an hour while I'm driving so I don't have to listen to you talk to me about nonsense like you're having a stroke, please, you know, would be amazing. So, um, you know, I I think as as this grows, um, you know, I think us here at the Collectors of Power would love to be uh, involved with you guys as we progress. And, um, you know, as other releases come out, we'd love to have you guys back on. So, um, you know, hopefully we can do that in the future and talk more about that. Or as things release and roll out from you guys, uh, you know, you make mini games or whatever, um, you know, we'd be more than happy to have it back on. If you ever want to come back on, please uh, let us know. We'd be glad to have you. Um, but Overall, thank you so much for your time this thank evening. You. Thank yeah, you, Bill. It was our pleasure. Uh, one, I'd be happy to come back on. I've told you guys once my <laughs> once my office is set up and I can actually like you know flex on you guys with my collectibles and stuff. <laughs> I can come back, all right? So I'll I'll let you guys know when that's ready. But I'm happy to. Yeah, uh, I mean, two, uh, I will be giving you guys my pers my work email address because I I want your feedback directly to me. I'm a big believer that uh, you know your critics are your biggest fans, right? It's when people get quiet that they've given up on you. Uh, I don't want you giving up on us, so I'm I'm here to listen to you. Good. Awesome. Expect expect an email about Battle Armor He Man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm here for it, Rhino. Let's go. One. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, Fon JT, we'd love to have you guys on and just geek out about Motu, not necessarily Crypt Toys, but we'd love to have you guys on and just have a, a healthy conversation about Masters of the Universe sometime. That'd be awesome. awesome. Will, you can come too if you want to. Jeez. I'll hang out. I'll hang out. I'll listen. I'll listen. Yeah, to you. you need to come back. I would love to. You know, I, I, like being in these conversations, it just it sparks it. And now I'm like, I need to recollect all of my email. Yeah. It's expensive. It's expensive. Yes. Literally in my head, I'm like, where the hell can I find a castle? Grace? <laughs> <laughs> I have one new, I have one inbox right there. Nice. That's sick. Amazing. I have like six in this room I'm in right now. So you, you can get them. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but again, thanks. Yeah, again, gentlemen, thank you for your time this evening. Um, please give Steph our regards. Like she's amazing for setting this up. Um, again, we appreciate it. Um, we only wish you much success in this. Yes. Um, I will be there on the ninth, trying to buy a couple. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I appreciate you. Um, Love it. And again, thank you so much. Um, and again. 
look forward to having you back on here in the near future. Thank, Thank you, gentlemen. You. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys.